following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk But No Politics. Okay. Coming to you here on the BICBP Radio Network, I'm your host, Andrew Lenz, and before we get into today's episode, here is a message from our sponsor. It's your call. You can enjoy the fresh-baked quality from Domino's Pizza or take your chances with the Noid. You can have pizza made to your order or... You can count on our famous 30-minute delivery or... You can taste the quality from Domino's Pizza, so avoid the noid. Domino's Pizza delivers. Call now, now. And we are back, and we have a returning guest, first time on the main show, returning to the did a bonus episode, and that is uh, Rich Maranto of the Next of Kin podcast. How are you doing, Rich? Good. Thanks for having me. I Um, appreciate it. And for today, I figured you were the best person to talk to about this topic of YouTube being the new cable access. Uh, yes. And that's, I, I think that's the first thing when I watch YouTube and I see people just creating their own content, I think of, we talked about in the beginning, me as a kid flipping on the Nintendo because I turned to channel three and that was our cable access yeah. channel in Niagara Falls. Yeah, because in most, right, in most communities around the country, channel three was kind of the default channel um, that everybody put their cable access on because nobody wanted to put their channel on channel three because that's how you watch video, how you turn on your video games and your VCRs and stuff. Everything was on channel three. Um, you know, for people, for the VCR, you know, like people I, are like, what's that? <laughs> so you adjust your tracking on your vcr too yeah adjust your tracking yes that's that was a thing <laughs> there's so many skills that i have that go back to that generation of video that uh, it's like shoeing a horse that's kind of where i feel when i'm doing those things like <laughs> you know i'm you know I, uh, my mother still has a vcr and she's like very proud of it that she still has a vcr to this day she has a dvd player and everything else but she's proud that she still has her vcr I have, I have a lot of formats. I, I had, I think I own star Wars on uh, not counting streaming on three, probably four formats. It's, I had it on VHS, Blu-ray DVD, but also uh, uh, if you remember, there was a short lift thing called laser disc. I had laser disc too. So I had star Wars on laser disc. The giant so. like DVD records. They're like the size of records. Right. Yeah, they were. They were, and they came in a little cartridge. You kind of put them in, and then halfway through the movie, you had to flip it over, and like almost like the record, you had to put half of was half the movie on one side, and half was on the other side. So <laughs> that was kind of annoying, you know. So I asked you to come on, and I was glad yeah. that you did because you actually uh, run and work with yep. a lot of uh, public access channels, especially for the Niagara Falls School District and yep. everything else. So. You figure you're yeah, the best you. person to talk about. And if you want to maybe give a little bit of insight to public access, yeah. because. Yeah, a crash course on public access. So um, going back to when television was invented, uh, you know, the federal government, the FCC, uh, recognized they had these things called the airwaves. And they'd already done this with radio. 
And they decided that um, we're going to give the airwaves to private companies. So the government never really owned. And obviously, in some countries, they do like, you know, Argentina and things like that. They own the airwaves. But in the United States, uh, the United States uh, created basically three ABC, NBC, CBS. And then they also later on created PBS. But uh, those those were essentially these those resources were essentially given to private companies with the understanding you were supposed to do good stuff with it. Um, and one of the things that they were supposed to do is provide free time for the public to access. So whether it was the government, they were supposed to do local news, they were supposed to do educational things, um, give a church access on a, maybe on a Sunday morning if they wanted it. Um, th- there was all these things. And then in 84, uh, when cable started to become a thing, uh, the FCC and the Congress passed the uh, Cable Commission Act of 1984, and that established uh, cable access channels. Uh, they're normally with people like me, we call them PEG channels, which is P-E-G, and the P stands for public access, educational access, and government access. And um, basically those were, um, you know, you, you could... Uh, so the government, local government, the state, your county, your municipality could have access to the community to talk about things. There were some things about election laws that came in there where a guy couldn't be on the air if he was running for office and things like that. But also then there was a channel that was supposed to be dedicated to educational institutions uh, and then public institutions. Um, you know, like so if a public guy, the, the public was a weird one. Um, you could either the public could be you could buy your own stuff. You could produce your own tape and turn the tape in, and then the channel would have to play it as long as it wasn't, uh, you know, hate speech or something like that. Or if they felt you were, they were someone they wanted to work with, you could actually kind of work with the public access channel and maybe they would actually produce it for you. So some places had studios. And I think for most of us, we know we think of public access, we think of Wayne's World. Um, You know, that's kind of the most that's the best example uh, of that was a public access show. If it was a thing in Niagara Falls, I run the educational access channel, but I've kind of made it almost I do public stuff. I do government stuff. I do educational stuff. I have a, you know, rules that I that I work with. Um, One little cool thing is that if you ever get if you have if you still have cable and you haven't cut the cord, as kids are saying nowadays, um, if you still have cable, you look on your bill and quite often you will see a franchise fee. And that franchise fee will be 5% of uh, usually uh, what you are paying for your basic cable and some of your maybe your next year packages. That was negotiated by your municipality with the cable company. So the municipality can get money from the cable company because the cable company is driving down your streets. um, They're putting wires up on all your poles. They're running into your house. And so that's kind of considered the cost of doing business. So uh, the the most that a municipality can negotiate is a 5% fee. So people see that on their bill and they wonder what that is. And that's basically something that your municipality negotiated out with the local cable company, whether it's Spectrum or Cox or whoever you might have. That's my crash course. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> like I said, the most I get out of it is like is Wayne's World, and like we said in the beginning, have to turn it on channel, you know, channel three, and you would right. see these shows, and sometimes you would get sucked into them. Right. And as YouTube grows, uh, my kids probably watch it more than any other streaming service we have or anything else. Yeah. 
and I'm sitting there watching it and I'm thinking to myself, this is just cable access. These are just people like you said, making their own stuff, putting it up on the internet and YouTube's just another channel three with multiple shows, even though you have your own YouTube channel, but it's just multiple shows and you can pretty much throw like you said, as long as it's not hate speech or anything too outrageous, anything up there. Well, you can, and it's just like public access. You can find your church services. Yeah. Um, You can find your educational school stuff. Like I, a lot of the stuff that I used to do traditionally that I put on the cable channel. Now I also put it on a YouTube channel and we stream live on the YouTube channel. That was, we started doing that even before the pandemic. Um, we started doing a lot of uh, streaming about two, three years ago. We started with the telethon. We, we used to, we do a big firefighters telethon in Niagara Falls for many years. And um, we realized people were not getting, people weren't watching cable anymore. Uh, so we decided we needed to find a way to make sure people knew we were still doing it. And so that's kind of how it started. We started streaming um, through YouTube. I want to say like three or four years ago. Uh, and then we started to put some other things on there. Not so much. We we didn't do a lot of live right away. After in the beginning, it was just kind of um, just kind of load the videos later. Um, but now we do most most of it's live streaming. So when we went to when when uh, during the pandemic, when New York State brought back sports, we streamed everything. We streamed bowling, girls volleyball. You named it. Anything that we could get a signal that where there was internet. We streamed at hockey, you know, we, we went everywhere and anywhere and we streamed just about everything uh, because that was really for parents and grandparents and friends and teachers. This was the only place they could watch it. So when we're going to stick with it, because it's, it's, it is really kind. It is, it is the new cable access and more people are going to look for it on YouTube than they're going to look for it on their local cable provider. If they still have cable, you know, now, could you, what they do on YouTube, could you still do what you've, for cable access or is there a certain like some youtube videos are like 15 minutes long do you have a time slot with cable access that was always the one thing that was always it, it, it depends on like i never give anybody a time limit uh if okay. someone comes to me let's say i was doing a show with, with the hospital or the housing authority or just a private citizen uh i would try to tell them why just say to half an hour mm-hmm. uh traditional time slot but if you need to go longer you do when the show's over, it's over. Uh, other cable access people would say, nope, you're 28 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, and, you know, like a city council meeting, sometimes it's 20 minutes and sometimes it's three hours, you know. So we just record the whole thing and we don't edit it. Um, we don't do any, I mean, anything like um, like studio based, whether it's, you know, we're recording it in a studio. Uh, we tend to not edit those. Um uh, especially if it's a public thing, we try not to edit it, uh, because you're really not supposed to, but in most cases, now you kind of go through and you fix things. And I, you know, if someone starts stumbling over words, like I'm doing, um, I try to go back and I'll fix it. Or sometimes people will approach us and we'll actually do the production work for it with my students. And we'll, we'll, our goal is to edit it. We'll do the, we'll do the studio work without any graphics or titles or anything. And then in post-production, we'll go through the, and we'll add graphics and titles and photographs or whatever b-roll whatever they want us to add you know so it's it's so you yeah youtube you can you can pretty much go as long as they'll let you and cable access depending on who was doing it it was kind of the same thing you know it's you know the the biggest thing i joke about cable access is uh cable access is a car accident (laughs) um you're flipping channels and you see something horrific 
and you slow down to watch it, you know, like, and then you kind of keep going. So we never believed that anybody was tuning in <laughs> to watch too much of the stuff. Uh, maybe our city council meetings, maybe a band concert or a graduation or a telethon. But most of the program we did, it was on like 10 times a week at different time slots. And we realized someone's not probably watching it unless they knew the guy on it, like it was their daughter or something like that. Or they were flipping channels and they said, oh, that's rich. And they'd stop and they'd watch it. You know, um, I did a show several years ago with my own two children and we did a soccer talk show. Um, and nowadays it would just be a, you know, a podcast. That was, um, but we were kind of doing it as a video before we did that. So was that out of the high school? Yeah. Why do I, OS- I remember watching? Yes. Yeah, I remember the, the OSCFC, watching the OCFC. And it, I used to say it was pretty much what the show could have, should have been called is, um, you're breaking your mother's heart. Cause it was pretty much my two sons fighting about the premier league. That's pretty much what it was. And I tried to, you know, I was the kind of the, you know, we kind of tried, we, we really tried to make our sports talk shows a lot like what you see in the afternoon on most things, you know, like, you know, with all these guys, you know, like the yeah. herd and everybody else. We tried to emulate that basic style where you fight with each other and you yell at each other and you say stupid things. You know? <laughs> I think so. I remember that. I think I remember there, there was that one. And I think there was like an act, like a NFL one too, or a sports. There was an NFL one. Well, it, there was one that we did. We'd been doing for about 18 years called Students Speaking Sports Live. Uh, it was started by uh, a guy named Phil Moore and Brian Collins, and they they were the first hosts. And then we kept it going for about 18 years. This last year, because of the pandemic, we weren't really able to do it because um, we weren't really doing much studio production for obvious reasons. Um, we're hoping to bring it back this year. Um, but, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, like it was it was a lot of fun and they didn't care who was watching. It's kind of like your podcast. It was really a podcast in the sense yeah. what we do with podcasting now, or even a YouTube channel. You're helping people watch it. If anything, now, you know, you were limited as a, as a PEG channel or a PEG show by the County or wherever you were in. If there's only 40,000 subscribers in your city, the most people that are ever going to see your thing is 40,000. Obviously 40,000 people are never going to watch it. Um, but you know, with YouTube now you could, you could get a Midwest. There's people that have millions of subscribers, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, and you can monetize it and everything else. Because like you said, the only time I watched anything cable access turning on uh, the Nintendo Lori and friends was always on. It seemed like when I was yes. about to play, uh, yep. you would watch your little league baseball game. Cause that's what Adelphia, yep. the local cable yep. network would tape the little league game. And you would find out when your little league game was going to be on. Uh, yeah was there in the school concerts school <laughs> band concerts i always did the i've been doing the band concerts and then i would always send cameras out to the elementary schools to tape the elementary school concerts i still do that um you know we try to do anything anything that you know a little kid doesn't know a little kid who's five six seven ten years old he doesn't know all he knows is he was on tv and yeah. um you know and that's the way we always looked at those things and and then some of the shows we did were pretty we've done some pretty good shows we've done some terrible shows and, um, you know, like, and, you know, and some of the ones I've done were terrible, but some of them were, you know, kids were just trying and, and people always forgave us an awful lot because they were high school kids. Um, you know, we would get in trouble a lot because the kid would say something he shouldn't have or, you know, um, whatever, but you know, there was, but that was part of the fun of it because that was, you know, from, and public, all public acts like, whether it was high school kids or some people in some township somewhere, you know, some of them are bad, though. I mean, if you remember uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, you remember the Shvetty Balls? Yes. yes. Uh, that, that would be cable access, too. 
the two women with uh, whatever his name is, uh, you know, uh, whatever he's, there's 18 brothers, whatever this, like, I can't think of the guy's name. Um, the Shvetty balls, that routine with the two women, you know, with their baked goods around the Christmas holidays. And that would be cable access. And obviously they're, they're terrible on the air. They're just awful, awful, awful on the air. And, and, you know, some of our shows have that same flavor. We had one show where this guy, and I'm not going to say his name, uh, he would interview people from the community and the shows were very old. And so after a while, people would call it uh, dead or alive was the, were the people on this show still alive or were they dead? So people used to call that show dead or alive with, and I'm not going to say the person's name, but you know, um, <laughs> that was, I'd get a lot of crap about that. Like, was, like you're playing, you know, but in the same funny thing about it is though uh, quite often uh, when some people who have been on that show have passed away, the families have contacted me and said, Hey, can we get a copy of that? Because grandma or uncle Joe or whoever it was, was on that show. And could we get a copy of it? And I, I was always happy to provide those copies to families. Cause you know, that's a pretty cool thing. It's a cool memento to have, you know? So that is the, now they can just watch it on YouTube. I think the craziest thing I seen was from YouTube, something about, you know, cable access, public access was, I guess in Minnesota, these kids had a wrestling their own wrestling oh, yeah. show but they would like actual wrestle and first it would be like the kayfabe wrestling but if it was a title match they would actually wrestle each other i don't know if you've ever heard this story i've seen some clips of that um um it, it, i've seen so many crazy things and um i mean it, it's it is and a lot of those things kind of probably wouldn't have ended up on cable access uh, only because somebody and you know i was crazy i i still am i would pretty much just to put about anything on my channel if the kids put the time into it but in general <laughs> i probably not too many um or they're gonna put it on at midnight or something like that do you remember I, there was a style of dance called crumping you ever you ever heard of that yes there, so there was a style of dance called crumping and it's not a big deal anymore but at the time probably 15, 12 years ago, some kids in the school wanted to do a crumping show. And crumping is a uh, dance style that is supposed to, it, 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 there's a religious history to it. And um, so I let the kids record themselves crumping. They would mix all their own music. They would edit the show. They would do all the production work on it and I would put it on. And, uh, you know, and, and people would get, there would be people in the community that would get very upset that I was airing that um, and I kind of like that. I kind of like that they were getting upset because it kind of showed some folks true colors of yeah. who they really were in their heart. And and I never told the kids that the guy were getting I said, you know, just make sure whatever you're mixing doesn't have any vulgarity in it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it never did, because, again, it was very religious in nature of what they were doing. It was a, it was going back to, you know, African their African heritage uh, with a modern twist. And I used to love to do shows like that, um, you know, and and nowadays that would be a big that stuff would be all over youtube now if it was nowadays you yeah, know that i know my you know constant fortnight videos oh i mean I, I i laugh at that stuff like i have no idea how someone can watch uh someone else play certain some games i definitely understand like i, I know like trap nerd he's a former student and i love watching his stuff because he's so funny um some of the some of the stuff that i've watched you know, people playing, you know, whatever it's any of those games, it's they've got some of my camp. They're not the people playing the games aren't interesting to me. 
Um, but the Fortnite guys are hilarious and usually like uh, some of the other ones, Minecraft ones or some of the Minecraft ones. Um, but I, I can't believe the amount of time that kids will spend watching those things. And these people are, you know, multimillionaires because of the monetization of what, you know, I'm like, how long is that gravy train going to last? But good for them. Hopefully they're investing it wisely so they can live off it for a couple of years before, before that nobody wants to watch that anymore, mm. you know? I think the craziest thing I watch is I watch this guy called the Hoof GP <laughs> and he lives in Scotland and he goes around and he trims cow hooves and I have no idea. I oh just, my Lord. I watch it. Uh, there's another guy. He called like the long jug, lawn juggernaut or uh, oh, yeah. the boring, cha- the boring channel. He goes around and he yep. just like, Hey, can I mow your lawn? He just mows the lawn, <laughs> and he's just the guy. Mo- and I and I watch it now, and I think about myself. I would not watch this as a kid or anything, but as an adult, I would. I'm watching this over watching something. YouTube. Else. What's great about YouTube and podcasting, and was a, nice about cable access, and it's still happening because most of the people that produce cable access now, they also just do what I do. We also put it up on YouTube. I've actually introduced podcasting into the TV studio program because a lot of kids don't want to be in front of the camera. So we're focusing on right now, just on visual production, the visual production of the audio production and not the visual production. Um, And it is like, you can find anything. You can find a podcast about anything. You can find a YouTube thing about how to fix your dishwasher. And I have watched those and I've fixed my dishwasher watching these guys. Like, and I've saved myself, $130 for a call out to the appliance guy, because I mean, I wouldn't probably do a motor, but I've done a lot of the, the, like the, you know, the, the tray broke or the thing, the, the dish dispenser that's leaking. And I, you know, like, but I've saved myself a ton of money fixing appliances by finding these guys. And they're, some of them are kind of fun and some of them are very boring guys, but to be honest, I don't want him to be trying to entertain me. I just want to know how to fix my dishwasher. (laughs) I like the product reviews. That's the ones I like the most. I, I, you know, they're awful. Some of the product reviews are awful. You know, and I even that 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 would have been perfect for for cable access back twenty years ago or thirty years ago. Is the nice product that would have been really? I think I would have rather <laughs> watched that than watch. You know, if I was definitely surfing through the channels and I saw it, I think I definitely would have watched that. A lot of stuff that I see on YouTube, I would have watched back then. Um, Angry video game nerd stuff yes, like that. That's that's yep. very entertaining and also gives me uh, like motivational influence to do this podcast and you know reach right. back and kind of look back at my childhood and go into a little bit of adulthood and see what's gonna what what I looked at just because I was a kid and I thought it was great and. But as an adult, I'm like, this was absolutely horrible. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny, like quite often kids will, um, and they're not kids anymore. They'll be seniors or they'll be in college and they'll find a video that they made, you know, when they were ninth or 10th grade with me and it's 10 years later and they're just horrified about how bad it was. And um, I, I say, no, I thought it's great. I still think it's great. Like I still watch, I still like some of the videos because I know within the context of the kid, you know, he's not sophisticated. He was 16. You know, he, you know, his sense of humor is he still, you know, like 
it's some of it's, you know, but some of them were great. Like I've had some, some of the videos that some of my kids have done. Um, many of them have gone on to work in television film and you could tell in high school they had, they had, or, and the chemistry that they had with their friends and, you know, like, you know, camaraderie of the friendships and then the way they would produce videos together was pretty exciting stuff. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, you can, you can find anything. And I, I, you know, and it's so much now, uh, you know, young people are working on branding, whether it's their LinkedIn whether that's uh, their Twitter page, whether it's their YouTube channel, whether it's their podcast, it's all the same stuff. And, you know, we're all trying to figure out how to brand ourselves, whether we're 17 or even 40, and we're trying to reinvent ourselves because, you know, I got my company got bought out and I got to find a new job. So we're all, we're all using, so a lot of people use uh, YouTube in interesting ways to brand themselves so they can maybe find someone to hire them. Um, you know, they create a YouTube channel about what maybe they sell, you know, or whatever they make or something like that. You know, I, I, there's a lot of, I started a small company and, and, uh, I, I'm doing some very simple YouTube channels just to get some attention to the company. And I did a product review of, um, of a video camera, but I did the, uh, it's on my Rancho media, uh, YouTube channel. I think it's got two views and, um, but what I did is I, I, I reviewed the iCarly camera. You remember iCarly? Yes. The yeah. TV show they just brought back. Uh, on the show, Freddie, the cameraman, had this really cool Canon. Still my favorite camera to this day. My favorite camera of all time. So I made a, I did a product review of the 19, uh, excuse me, the 2003 uh, Canon XL1. Like, you know, and how I still love that camera. I, I think it's, I still think it's the greatest video camera ever created. It's a very cool look and it was really easy to use. And, but I, so I did a product review of a, you know, of a, an 18 year old uh, video camera. Cause I, cause I, <laughs> but that, <laughs> cause why not? Why not? Everybody can, anybody can do a new, you know, a new camera, right? <laughs> I, 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 I've watched something like that. Uh, the master, the He-Man master universe, like origins, toy line. Oh, came yeah, out, yeah. And then you have a Castle Grayskull. And I watched this guy just review each and every Castle Grayskull that was ever made. And my kids. That's are, hilarious. My kids are sitting there like, did. Well, they're uh, bringing I, back He-Man and Masters yeah, of the Universe. Is. Yeah, that's a lot. I, of and I, you know, that I was, I think that's great. I mean, you know, it's. I, it, it's all this stuff is, you know, uh, I, I love the, I love the people that break down things, whether it's um, football plays. Uh, my nephew has a, has a, my godson, excuse me, not my nephew. My godson has a, uh, a, a sports one that he does out of Buffalo. Um, it's with Buffalo fanatics and stuff like that. I forget the name of it, but he does uh film breakdown. He he'll take a play, and he'll break it down. He does all the video digital effects and he'll show you how somebody's doing something. And uh, he really understands it. And then, um, you know, and you'll see that with the same thing with the people that break down a Marvel trailer or something. And they're like, look at this in the background. And, you know, I like those. I mean, these people are really all in and it's their passion. And, you know, if people want to watch it, good for them. And that's the fun part about it. There's so many things we can watch now. You know, when you think about back in the day, when, you know, like I, I probably our grandparents, right? Or maybe my parents in the 50s. Like, what'd you watch? Everybody watched Ed Sullivan. Why? Because there was only two other things on. And, and you know, you didn't have a lot. Of, and, and everybody, there was one TV. There was no, obviously. So everybody sat in the same room and it was like, a, it was family stuff. And that's why you had sensors and everything. Now, 
you four people could be sitting in the same room and you're all watching different things. That's you know, what I, I, I miss. I miss that because it was that's what you watched. Like I remember Northern Exposure coming on and just seeing a moose. And so when you what did you watch? I know this really ain't about PEG, but what was the what was your must see show every week? Every week. It was pretty much yeah, was what, there one when you were in high school or oh, when you were younger that was it's it's kind of all over the place. A lot of TGIF stuff. It was pretty much like all oh, the comedies. Yeah, like the my comedies mom, that run. My mom had control of the remote. So like during right. the week, my mom had the remote. I lived with my mother. Yep. My mother had the remote. So whatever she wanted to watch, that's what we watched. Right. We did watch a little bit of wrestling, but then she kept on telling us about how it's fake every five minutes. So that way we didn't try and pull out the moves. What? Yeah, <laughs> don't tell Matt Johnson. Whatever you don't tell him, Matt. He'll oh, be I very told, upset. I told him that. <laughs> my my mother was a wasn't a slow band aid ripper. Okay, she was. I'm just gonna tear that right <laughs> off. Great line. You got such great lines. I want to steal that one. That's great. She ripped the band aid off whenever it was coming to explain anything to us. Okay. I, I, when I was in high school. You know, it was funny, like, and it, they even kind of hit this up in one of the, one of the, I think it was the wedding singer where Friday night was Miami Vice and I, man, everybody stayed home and watched my, when I, again, I graduated from, from high school, 1985. So it was on and man, you, you went, you watched, we all watched it. If we were, if we were going out, we'd go out after Miami Vice or we'd go somewhere and we would watch Miami Vice. And then we would talk about Miami Vice for probably an hour after that. and. um you know, so, um, it, it, you know, we, there were those things and, and unfortunately, um, th- there's different versions of this now on YouTube. There, there's, there are those things now that people will watch. It's just not, it's not a society thing as much now. It's more, you know, uh, like the other night, um, what's his name? Kanye was, was dropping an album and, um, the album's still not out. Um, this is a Kanye thing. I think this is great. He has these albums that never come out, but people talk about them and they never really come out. There's an album that he was, that was named after his mother or something that all never came out. I think like, but everybody thought it was coming out. And so literally, I think it was Friday night or Thursday night. He sold out like the, the Atlanta arena. There were 60,000 people there and he was playing, like he was playing record. He's playing the record, the songs. And then he, but it's not out yet. You still can't buy the tracks. Like he, he played some of them, but I mean, but that was a YouTube event. Everybody was on YouTube watching that, or I'm assuming it was on YouTube. I might've been on a Twitter or something, but yeah, um, it, it's, it's, so there are those things. And the live streaming is something that kind of makes it better. And on many ways in PEG. Uh, or public access because it's more live stuff uh, a lot more live stuff whether it's you know you know the stuff that you do or you yeah. know um and, and that's pretty neat and, and obviously youtube's now taking over just about everything i mean they're getting sports now um you know cable's dead uh they, they, they they're they're yeah. trying to not die but they don't really seem to get it um like something simple that they did is the one thing they did have is they did have public access and they treated public access like it was in the way. And we kept saying to the cable companies, like, listen, the only thing you have over satellite, and this is again, probably 10 years ago, the only thing you have over satellite is that you have the local channels. And they're like, well, we don't care about that. And, and I, the, what I don't like, and this is the one problem that I have, if you're not looking for things in your community, 
you may not know what's going on in your community, on your government or your school district. And, and that to me is the problem. I wish that more people were in tune with what was going on in their local news um, or their local, uh, you know, their local school district, their, their, their local government. And if they don't, if they cut the cord, they're probably missing, and they don't get, nobody buys a newspaper, obviously. So they're probably missing out on a lot of the things that are going on in their community, unless they actively look for it. Where before, like your mom flipping channels, oh, wait, what's this? What's going on at the high school? Or what happened? Why is that? What's this flood? Or, you know, or, oh, that's a concert. Oh, that's, that's Jenny's daughter. You know, those things aren't happening like they used to. And that's, that is, I do feel like we've lost a little bit of that community. Um, cable, cable access was a funny way that you could kind of have some local control of things. And now you just don't, you know. I think with cable access and with your local news, like you said, you made many celebrities in your area. You mentioned oh, yeah. Lou Panessa. I know Lou, Lou Panessa. Ine Wallens. Ine Wallens was a local celebrity in Niagara Falls on the radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bob Kashinsky. Bob Kashinsky. That was the guy we were talking about before. Bob was a local Niagara Falls guy. Well, actually, he went to Niagara Field, but um, he ended up uh, working at, at uh, Adelphia. And then Adelphia, he ended up working for uh, for uh, Empire Sports. And he was kind of the face of Empire Sports for a number of years. He was able to turn it into a legitimate broadcasting career, you know, yeah. and we all knew him, you know. And yeah. I think it's definitely the it's becoming the same way with YouTube, but it's in a different way. I remember Double Dare coming back and they had some YouTube star be the host of Double Dare. And I'm looking and I'm like, why is Mark Summers being the announcer? When I was a kid, Mark Summers, is, that's our host. But now it's, right. I can't even remember what her name was and I, and I don't want to butcher it. But she was the host and I'm like, who is this lady? But my kids all know who she was. I knew exactly who she was. And then they went right to YouTube and they showed it. And you see a lot more. I see a lot more networks tapping into the YouTube stars. Yes. Because of the way how big YouTube has become that they're like, Hey, how can we get people to watch our show? We got to get these stars from YouTube onto here. Right. So Look that boxing. Yes. Look what boxing is now. No. Imagine you're a boxer. You get up every morning and you're Rocky and you eat eggs and then the raw eggs and then you run and then you chase a chicken and then you go to the gym and you're like doing all that stuff and you're trying to be the heavyweight champion of the world and you don't get to be, you're not even the premier fight on, on Saturday night because they're showing two, an English guy and an American guy who can't stand each other box and it's terrible. <laughs> But we all watch it because it's like, well, these guys really hate each other. Let's see if they can beat the crap out of each other on on pay-per-view. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, but I, it reminds me of Celebrity Deathmatch back on when MTV was still a, a, a good thing to watch. And remember Celebrity that was the claymation? And it would be like, I can't even think they would, they, they came up with great things that, you know, like, I forget, like, I, I, I can't even think of a single one offhand because they were, they were people of the time, you know? Well, the original one was Marilyn Manson versus Charles Manson. I remember that. Oh yeah. Yeah. The very first yeah. match ever. Yeah. And I think Puck Daddy did one against yep. somebody that he said that he was, that they were sampling his music from. So right. that was like, and I remember, you know, Puff Daddy or P Diddy, whatever he calls himself now. That way <laughs> old I am. And, you know, he's throwing records at the guy of all the records that he sampled. And I just see this, 
this wave of YouTube and everybody doing this and becoming well, some sort of star out of it than more so than what it was for the cable with the cable access. But like you said, that was only 40,000 people. If you had 40,000 right. people that were cable subscribers, that's it. This is worldwide. Well, the, yeah. The most famous cable access thing that I know of uh, was in, in Minnesota was the guys that worked for the cable access channel. And they had this idea for a show where they would they would get move bad movies for free and they would sit there and they would roast them and it became mystery science theater 3000 and it was it was a phenomenon i mean it was they started off it was you know joe hodson and these guys and they made these terrible robots and they they didn't you know like they just got these free movies that they could they could get them for free um and they would just stay had that silhouette thing where that you could see like they were watching the movie, they did a real simple digital effect and they were incredibly smart stuff. The jokes were hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they literally in the beginning were on Minnesota cable access and then they would videotape it, you know, record it to VHS and they would spread the tapes. So the only way, if you didn't live in Minnesota and you didn't have Minnesota cable, you know, Minneapolis cable access, uh, you pretty much had to like, get someone to mail you a VHS tape. And that's how it started. And it was so good. Finally, at some point, somebody from Comedy Central or Sci-Fi, and I forget which channel, I think it was Comedy Central first, found these guys and actually put them on Comedy Central every Saturday. And then they ended up, I mean, those guys rode that way for a long time. But I mean, that was a very, that was a phenomenon that was much harder for them to do. But nowadays on YouTube, they would have been sensations probably you know, a lot, and they, they would add a million viewers in probably two weeks versus it probably took them three years. You know, I did not know that about mystery science theater 3000. Yeah, that that's was, how it started. Okay. It started as a cable access thing. Now those guys, they were just local guys. Everybody worked at the station. They, they didn't get paid in the beginning to do it. They didn't make any money off of it for a while. They just kind of did it on the weekends, I think, when they, and they built all those goofy sets and the stupid, and everybody had to do like five things. Like everybody had to play a character, but they also had to be the robot and Crow and, you know, and uh, Tom Serve. And I love that. And, and every weekend I watched it. I watched the, they used to, and then remember, you remember they used to do the turkey on, on Thanksgiving. They would do yeah. like, a, they would do a marathon of, because movies are turkeys, turkey movies. And then they, they did bring it back and they had a, they had a Netflix, um, they, they brought it back on Netflix with a new cast, the same, the, Joel Hodgson's still the producer. He's not on it anymore, uh, but they had some big names on it, you know, by the end, they had some people that really loved it. And, but that was in many ways, that was true cable access. But really, when you think of a lot of the stuff we watch on YouTube, it's the same kind of stuff. It they is. were just ahead of their time, you know? It you is, know? it is a lot of, a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> I feel it's a little bit more, it's national and I've actually probably learned more from YouTube videos than actual public access stuff because of the, yeah. I think that's also because of the internet. There's, right. there's so much information out there now that I still remember going to the library to do a report because we didn't, or because the best we had was AOL and that's right. I remember a search engine. Somebody was like, Oh, use a search engine. What's a search engine. Isn't that just AOL? <laughs> I mean, that's my, that's where, that's the age. That was always a quick process. Yeah. With the phone on, I, I never had the actual phone on the modem, like war games with Matthew Broderick, but I, I I think I had the, the, uh, I think my first router, like 
was like 8k or something <laughs> for the like you know, whatever the worst possible like signal rate was it was like awful i mean and but we thought it was the coolest thing in the world like i'm on you know like you could send a message to a guy in you know brazil yeah you know, you thought he was you're not sure if he was actually in brazil but you like you would end up having like, yeah like and then obviously um instant messenger i remember that was a big thing um and then uh, kids running home to check their instant messengers, their IMs, and then um, and then running home to what to go in uh, do their MySpace channel. Um, never did MySpace. I, I I mean I did I kind obviously I never I didn't teach those things. MySpace was dying because Facebook was coming out when I first started doing the technology thing. But, um, you know, you think about it, I've seen a bunch of funny memes about MySpace where we had every kids were programming. They were like literally yeah. writing the code for their for their page. You know, nowadays you just kind of pick a template and, uh, you know, filter that makes you look like you got cat ears, you know, or something <laughs> stupid like that. You know, yeah, everybody I, looks young. Everybody my age, especially the women, they all have that smoothed out face. And then you see them at the store and they don't have that smoothed out face. They only do it <laughs> on their Instagram, and their YouTube picture. You know, it's all fuzzy like Barbara Walters when she used to do those interviews and they would smear the Vaseline on the camera lens. So she would look younger, which is a thing. People don't realize that was a thing. I tried in the old movies. They did that too. The old movies in the forties, they would, they would, they would have the, the camera lens and they would put Vaseline on the out to kind of make to kind of give the that uh that was how they did special that was after effects in 1940 when they were making a movie you know, know that. cgi it was, <laughs> it was their version of that so i think the one of the biggest differences that i can see from cable access but even though it can be kind of the same with youtube is that youtube rabbit hole that we all might fall down into and we all fall I'm, i guarantee it everybody right. just fall down it I don't know if oh, it's yeah. much with cable access because it, it, it's it's more like standard programming. Show goes on half an hour. It's right. over, it's, it's like hour. a guy from the hospital. It's a guy from the church. It's uh, they're discussing a budget forum. You know, I hope you're not phone down there at rabbit hole because you're really an uninteresting guy. Um, you know, <laughs> like, wait, how much is how much are the school buses going to cost me this year? And that's what most of cable access was. You know, obviously, I would always whenever I would go on vacation, you know, whether it was Myrtle Beach or Disney or whatever, and you go to the hotel uh, and, and Vegas or places like that. And I would I would be the guy who was flipping the channels to see what the other cable access channels guys were doing in other towns that I was visiting um because to be honest like there was no other way in 19 uh well i'm sorry i'm I'm dating myself 2005 2006 2008 where i would know what they were doing because i couldn't see it i mean what there was pre-internet in that respect there was no video on the internet really not really at that point there was no youtube yet at that point not not wide and certainly nobody was on it um with that stuff so i you know i would look and see and if and i joke about you know zach alfanakis uh his show but his video series between two ferns and it's it's he's making fun of cable access because i can tell you a million shows cable access shows that i've seen and they literally were like two chairs with a black curtain and two potted like artificial pot because you can't put a, a real plant in a TV studio because there's no natural light. The plant will die. So you put these two artificial ferns in there with like two really bad chairs that you found in a back room someplace and you hang a black curtain up 
and you have a little coffee table and you uh you and you would ask people questions and i i think i galfinakis is hilarious like i thought those things were those bits were great and the, the people that were willing to go on those things and make like kind of mock themselves i thought were great i think hillary Clinton was on there i think barack obama was on there and i loved anybody that would go on there i respected because you knew you were going to get it was like you're going to get roasted yeah. you know um and that was you know but we tried in this tv studio that i run and we to this day we've tried to make it we, we try to make it as interesting as we can we, we try to make the sets good. We try to update things. We try to use the best cameras, the best lighting. We try to get the kids to prepare the host to do stuff. And we try to fix things in post-production, you know, like if, you know, like, you know, cause you know, we don't, we don't want, we don't want to be mocked. We want to try to make sure that the, we don't want people losing the point of what we're doing. Um, you know, and it's, some people are great and some other folks weren't so much, you know, like didn't always do so well. I thought of another Saturday Night Live thing when you were talking about bad interviewing <laughs> and roasting is the uh, Chris Farley interviews where you would interview the actors. and I forgot you know, about those. Yeah. Just ask them a question and be like, hey, yeah. do you remember when you were yeah. in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, right. That was really cool, huh? That was, that was that really was cool. cool. Yeah. This is a stupid question. Why did I ask that? I'm going to go live in the bar? No, where did he say he was going to go Stand live? Down by the river. He's that in a van down by the river. The, yeah. My favorite one is the Paul McCartney one, though. Remember oh. when you were in, in the Beatles? <laughs> First yeah. of all, that's just the greatest question ever. Because who wouldn't remember being in the Beatles? Um, and 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 people said you were dead. <laughs> that wasn't true, right? <laughs> it's like I, I just thought that was like that was that's just genius. I wish I was a third of that intelligence, like to come up with those jokes. That nope. I wish I was nope. even in the neighborhood of someone's sense of humor of that, you know. <laughs> that's that's the other thing when I was when you were talking about bad interviews that just brought everything up of just talking like that, like, hey, you remember when we did this? Yeah, that was pretty cool, huh? And that that's all that interview ever was. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Right. Because that's kind of how if the viewer interviewing Paul McCartney. I yeah. think, or I was, and maybe you wouldn't be. I think I would be. I'd be like, hi, oh, Mr. McCurse, sir, sir Paul. I've done. Is it true that Yoko broke you guys up? That would be the question I got to ask. I'd be like, come on, call out Yoko. Here's your chance. Talk about her. Through the, uh, the two-point conversation that Matt and I yep. do, we've interviewed two pretty – Two pretty big, I think, I mean, they're not Hall of Famers, but I think they're pretty big people that I grew up watching. So I kind of had that moment with them. So now that I think about it, now you're making me, I, I don't even want to go back and listen to it because I have a feeling that's how it sounds. We did uh, a Super Bowl 25 review with Stephen Baker, okay. who was a oh. starting wide receiver for the New York Giants in that Super Bowl. Yep. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm I'm talking to this guy, you know, he's yep. there. And then I'm a big Miami Dolphins fan and I'm talking to Richmond Webb who played offensive tackle for him throughout like the the whole entire nineties. And I'm like, right. Was Bruce Smith. And I kind of did do that. Yep. Now that I think about it, thanks a lot. Now I'm thinking about it. Cause I was like, yep. was, was Bruce Smith really the hardest person you had to block? And he's like, yeah, he was. I'm like, Oh, that was like the dumbest question in the world right now. Yeah, like, it's funny when you watch those internet junk of well, only like two things I thought of. We actually got to interview uh, Thurman Thomas once in the studio. Cause Thurman did a, was, we did a, we did a parent dinner and they would hire someone to come in and do an inspirational speech. And somehow we got Thurman Thomas and, um, and um, 
uh, Thurman, we decided to do, could the kids do an interview with Thurman? And Thurman somehow found out about the kids doing the sports talk show. And he did the sports talk show with the kids. He didn't just do an interview. They did. He talked sports with them. And I was so happy for those kids. I, to be honest, all I ever did is I thanked them. I never even talked to them because you know what? I was not going to take away from those two kids, the opportunity for those kids to hang out with Thurman Thomas for a half an hour and interview him and, and actually talk to him about, you know, talk to him about real sports. I thought that was the really, I thought that was so cool. And um, no, I, I, you know, I, and I, I, I just remember that. And I know the kids remember that because, and he was very gracious with them. Um, and they, they were, and they were well prepared because they wanted to make sure they were like, you know, like they didn't want a Chris Farley moment. Like, remember the time you lost your helmet at the Super Bowl? Like they didn't want, like, they didn't want to, they, they really just were, they were on Spartan, but they, I was proud of them because they handled themselves as much as two 18 year old, 17 year old kids could handle themselves in that scenario. And they did quite well. And I, that's the only, I mean, we've had some other interesting people come through the studio, but I, you know, I've never really got a chance to really talk to anybody, you know, super famous. You know? Really? Cause it's funny. Cause I talked to, when I talked to Matt, I, I forget how young he is. He's only right. eight years younger than me and I forget it. And I think about things like with the, with like the nineties bills and anything else, especially in the eighties. And I'm like, yo, you remember this? And he's like, I know. I, I, I know of it, but I don't remember. Unfortunately, it. I remember that because yeah. sad as it was like how hard it was to, to kind of survive through that. And, uh, you know, it was always fun at the time. And I look back at with a lot of, I had, for us, the bills wasn't just about the football for mm-hmm. us. It was about the community, but more importantly for me, it was like my parents had tickets. My aunt and uncle had tickets. My cousins had tickets. I had tickets. So we all went to church in the morning on Sunday mornings. And we, then we would go to breakfast and then we would go to the game and then we would go to dinner. I mean, we were together with our family. I mean, I mean, six to eight times a year, hopefully more with the playoffs, uh, you know, for 12 hours. And some of those relatives after that ended, I see them a couple times a year. And, you know, like it, it really was not my parents, obviously, but like, um, you know, it was, it was so much more than football. It was so much, it was everything, you know, that's like the joke, the meme where like people in Niagara Falls uh, in Buffalo area, don't say, see you later. We say go bills. You know, like we, <laughs> like when you say goodbye to somebody, you say go bills, you don't say like, it which is kind of a true thing. Like, you know, I had to get away from it though. I mean, it was so, I, I just had to break away from it because it was so, it was so hard. Like I, I literally stopped watching the bills and football in general for about five, six years in there when they were bad. And every week it was like a new quarterback and a new coach and a new this. And I just like, I got to get away from this. This is, this is bad for me. Like this is, you know, well, I remember kind of like in a cable access way too. I mean, it was a little bit more localized or it would be on like uh channel seven or something like that in yep. the area. But pretty yeah, much that 1130 it, show, that 1130 show that was a cable access, glorified cable access show. It, it was after the Bills game on a Sunday night, it'd be like former guys that yes. were terrible. at, Yeah, those guys, whoever it was, they were always bad. They were bad. <laughs> and then there was like the Thurman Thomas show that was taped. The Thurman Thomas show that was actually on, that was on Empire, but it was like Paul McGuire was the host. If you remember Paul McGuire, I was, he was an announcer. He was a former Bill. I think he was a punter. And then he did the Paul McGuire show. And that was like Thurman would be on that a lot. And I, I forget who else. 
those shows were bad. Those they were. I mean, they were fun because we liked the guys. Right. We, you know, but it's it's no different than. And I'm not. I hope they don't listen to this because they could all beat the crap out of me. Is the the hockey guys that are on GR every day? Oh. Okay, so you know, I, my brother Tom, if he was watching this, he'd be so mad at me because this is something I want to ask if you know because this whole show was about cable access. You know what show I'm talking about. The whole show was about cable access. And it, was it was on, it was a TV show. It was a comedy sketch comedy show that was on S- TV S- in the 1980s. S- what? SCTV. SCTV. That if John SCTV Candy. was, yeah, John Candy, Bob Rick and Doug Rick McKenzie, Rick. you know, all those guys, you know, Martin Short started, got out of there, Catherine O'Hara, the Flaherty brothers, uh, all those guys got their start there. All those guys are second city comedians, you know, from Chicago or Toronto. Bill Murray is a second city guy. Uh, but then second city TV was produced out of Toronto and it was supposed to be a combination of what cable acts was like, as well as, uh, you know, Canadian television. So obviously the biggest thing that came out of that was Bob and Doug McKenzie. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the two, the two guys from the great white North, yes. which was Rick Moranis and uh, Dave Thomas, two amazing comedians. And we watched my brothers and I watched that, but that was making fun of cable access, but it was almost not just the shows. It was behind the scenes. Cause like Joe Flaherty played the, you know, uh, guy Caballero who was like the owner of the station and they would mock, they would do like versions of like, they would do like um, a TV cable. What happens if the invasion of the body snatchers invaded a cable access channel? And like in the, you know, so they would, or the Chinatown, they would do, they would do the, the, you know, they did the Godfather, uh, which was the network wars where SCTV was, you know, up against CBS, um, you know, and they, they even brought the, and they did that episode. Remember when the guy pulls the sheets back and the, the horse's head is in the bed in the Godfather. Yep. That actor was actually in that episode when they kind of made fun of the Godfather. They like he's actually in there. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he's mocking, you know, <laughs> like you know, it's uh, you know. But SCTV was tremendous. If you've never, if people listening to this, go watch some SCTV uh, on on YouTube, uh, and it was really what cable access was all about. You know, Eugene Levy. Before he got realized with American Pie was on SCTV. That's how I remembered who Eugene Levin was. Yep. Catherine O'Hara, who's the mother in the the Home Alone movies. Yes. Uh, John Candy, obviously, before he passed away, had a heck of a career. I think the first big thing I saw John Candy in was with Eugene Levy when they did um, Splash, which was a Ron Howard's first big movie with Tom Hanks. And when he was, remember, he was dating, I forget who was the mermaid. Daryl um, Hannah. And that was like, that was really the first um, time that the SCTV character started to jump in. There was even a Bob and Doug McKenzie movie, uh, which was kind of like, it was very similar to the, to the Wayne's, the Wayne's world movie, you know, like taking the sketch from a show and turning it into a movie and kind of what was going on, like the, the, the behind the scenes things, what was going on was very similar in the Bob and Doug movie too. You know, but that was making fun of cable access more than anything. Two guys sitting there with no plan what they were going to talk about. So they ended up talking about how they were going to scam the, the beer company by putting mice in the bottle 
you know, so they could, they were going to put a baby mouse in the bottle and feed it. So it got bigger and then bring the empty to the store and say, Hey, <laughs> you sold me a case of beer with a mouse in it, <laughs> but they were talking about it on the cable access channel. So everybody knew that their plan was, you know, so, <laughs> you know, like, but there was a level of sophistication to the humor on that show too. That was incredibly well-written, but it was, again, it was making fun of cable access. So do you do you think YouTube is just gonna take this over, take over cable access completely, and it's just gonna be gone, or do you think it's gonna be still have the localized yes. stars? Well, here's here is my here is my goofy prediction for our viewing habits in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we all had cable for many years, and then we got rid of cable because we didn't want to have channels like the bakery channel or something that we don't want to watch. So people like, I don't want to have all these channels. I don't watch any of them anyway. Some people watch them. Some people don't watch others. So people wanted, and cable wouldn't adjust for that. Cable should have found a way to let you customize your channel picking. And they wouldn't do that because they wanted to make money. Um, And so then streaming service started to happen. But now the problem is, is how many streaming services do you subscribe to? Jeez. Um, I probably got at least seven and that's including so if you add those all up. If you add those all up, you're paying more for all the subscriber services. than you're paying, you probably paid for cable. Uh, no, it's getting like, close. It's getting close. It's but getting I, close. I get Netflix for free. Okay. Well, that's I, a whole nother I, thing. I, I have mobile. No, <laughs> you I shouldn't have be saying mobile. that. Someone's no, going to the, no, I have the, the internet police are coming after you, you know, um, um <laughs> i have t-mobile so i get it for free so if you if you get oh, like, okay oh okay oh, right I, like i get apple tv for free right now because i got a new phone so yeah. i have like I, I got that for a while but i'll probably well i'll just subscribe to it so i have all those channels and it's almost as much as i'm paying for cable and i still have cable because in my house i have two teenagers i have myself i have my wife and well they're not teenagers anymore i, I correct myself they were teenagers they're one's 22 one's 20 one of them does the podcast with me and, you know, they don't really watch cable, besides maybe when we watch soccer on the weekends, things like that. And, but in general, most of what we're watching is we're watching apps. We're watching Paramount. We're watching Disney. We're watching Netflix. My wife is still very traditional cable. Like she likes to have CNN on. She like I know she can get it on an app, but yeah. she still likes the traditional channel flipping. She likes the Hallmark channel and the baking and the cookie channels and all she flips channels. She still watches TV in a very traditional way. She still watches a lot of regular network television. Um, but you're starting to see the Paramount, which is CBS is started. They've got a streaming service now. So that's the question for me. Uh, Fox, ABC, obviously a lot of the channels are owned by a lot of people in my mind at some point, um, and you'll see this in some hotels now. So when you go on vacation and you go into the hotel and you're flipping channels and you go to channel 300, it will be the Netflix channel. Yeah. And with your remote, you use your personal login and you log in the Netflix on this TV in your room and you can watch Netflix, your own regular Netflix account on your thing. And I think eventually kind of like way we have apps installed. Now I wouldn't be surprised in another 10 years that there's going to be some way where you're going to start seeing all these apples bundled together 
And it won't come in on an RF. It won't be coming in on a coax line like it is now because that's such a slow um, processing thing. Uh, it'll come in over the internet, but you will you will pretty much at some point, there will be a package. Eventually, Disney's going to get together with Hulu or somebody and they're going to they're going to have to because, you know, like you can't have a million streaming services. You just there's too many of them. Yeah. And I think at some point you're, you're going to start getting deals where if you subscribe to Netflix, Paramount and Amazon, I'm just guessing that you'll get a deal. And then that's the only way that and that's when cable will be completely dead. Less spectrum becomes a complete app and doesn't even bother with the box in your house. And it's just an app or Cox or whichever place in the country you live in. They're going to almost those boxes will be gone in five to 10 years. You won't have a box. It'll just be an app that you download because you already have the app. You can download those apps. Now yeah. I'm still surprised, but I, cause I feel like within five to 10 years, you're just not going to have, just like you do. You can't flip channels anymore. There's no analog signal anymore. Remember you can't, like you remember when you had a VCR, there was a switch yeah. on the back of it. You remember what the switch said? Not exactly, but I remember what you're talking about where you could just NTSC and PAL. Do you yeah. remember that switch? Yeah. yeah. That was the national transmitting signal of North America and PAL, which is the European signal two weeks ago, very, very quietly NTSC signal NTCS stopped transmitting. And that was the way we watched everything from really about 1940. That signal long no longer exists. So because now everything is digital, your digital channels, if you're taking up up over the airs with the digital antenna, that that's gone. Like so, the way we watch uh, all these things is is changing. But I I feel at some point they're going to have you're going to have to start packaging some things. So some company will come up with they'll negotiate. It might be Spectrum. They'll negotiate with all those franchise, all those different um, BritBox and everybody else that's out there, and they'll come up with a package, and then you'll get a deal on a bunch of them. You kind of can get that now, yeah, but I think eventually yeah. it'll almost consolidate again, like cable did. Yeah, because this is I got I have the Disney bundle where you get Disney Plus, right. Hulu, right. and ESPN Plus for like twelve ninety nine a month. My right. kid paid it because Hulu has commercials. And I'm like, I had to deal with commercials all my life. You right. can you deal can, with the right. 30, you can deal with, you know, a 30 second to a minute commercial now here. And another reason why I wanted to do this, do this episode as well is, and you got me thinking is with everything is that I did a cable internet, a cable versus internet type of episode uh, a couple months ago where how times have changed. Like you said, where Cable, you kind of had to have cable. You didn't have to have internet when it first came out. And now it's slowly reversing where you need internet more than you do cable. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I cut the cord. You don't need a phone line anymore. Yeah. Like who has a phone line? Who is? My mother has a landline. My mom's 83. She's got a landline. But I, most people don't have landlines. You know, you, you don't get the newspaper. Um, but you're right. I mean, now you kind of have to have an internet. Um, not everybody. I mean, like if you're single, uh, and you're just, um, you're, you know, you're using your phone and you're just, uh, smart casting from your phone to your big TV in your living room. Um, so a lot of people that live alone or have an apartment, um, they may not even have internet. They're using their data plan 
um, because if they're in a city, there might be some Wi-Fi in that city anyway. There might be Wi-Fi in their apartment complex. So they're using that Wi-Fi. So, and then they're, they're just casting. They're just casting the signal. I did that today. I was trying to watch Rick and Morty, which is just a tremendous show, by the way. And, um, and um, um, I couldn't get the cable box to bring that, the guide up to go to the on-demand. So I said, well, I can just stream it up from my phone. So I streamed it from my phone, smart casted it to um, the TV. And, and, and it's funny thing, like, you know, you've talked about how we don't really watch things together anymore. I have created a culture with my children where we watch, we watch, we watch things together. So we watch Rick and Morty together. We watch the Disney stuff together. We watch, uh, we watched, uh, what did we, we watched uh, uh, Space Jam 2. A new legacy, which we covered on our last podcast. We uh we we watched that together. We 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 kind of create events for us to kind of hang out. We watch sports together still, but um so we kind of still have that kind of family culture um where we kind of watch things together. Yeah, that's you know that's my wife and I are usually binge watch shows together. Yeah. You know, my that's wife. the new thing then, right? And yeah, what do you binge watch with your wife? we're on paramount plus we got but they started doing that with the streaming services where they only release right. it you know every other we watch uh why women kill we binge watch the whole entire oh, yeah, yeah. season yep. and then yep. we started binge watching and all of a sudden i'm like wait what's going on this isn't the end and of course pull out my phone <laughs> to see what's going on wait for you Huh? Yeah, she didn't wait for you. She no, didn't wait no, for you. She... No, she, she <laughs> waited for me. It was just, it was just over, and I didn't realize that they would release a new episode every Thursday. Oh, okay. It became one of those, and she's kind of she gets impatient with things where she's like, "I want right. it now." I know right. why is this not working? She thinks like I went to school and have like right. a doctorate, and you know every single piece of technology in the world. I always tell her I'm not an IT guy. I can only know what I know. And she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, well, it comes out every Thursday. Well, why does it come out every Thursday? I don't know. I don't work for people. Because that's the way TV used to be. Like, it's funny. Did you ever think that you would binge watch a show? When did you start watch binge watching things? Oh, geez. When we got, we started binge watching things when we got Netflix. And it was okay. probably breaking bad. I never understood. I never thought I would have been a binge watcher. Now, I, I, I'm not saying I only binge watch but I tend to like binge watching now um, more than um, but not stuff that's episodic. Like I, like Rick and Morty is an episodic. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it kind of is, but cause there's a thread, there's threads that go through it, but it's not like you have to watch episode five, but you had to watch three and four in a row. Um, so I don't really, but other shows, sometimes I won't watch it for a couple of weeks. So I can watch three in a row. Uh, and then obviously other shows that are already all released on Netflix, like a Marvel show, like when Punisher came out or something, then I watched like, you know, uh, uh, and I tried to back off from doing it that way. Cause I feel like I'm missing too much. I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm too wrapped up in the emotion of the show. And then, then I go back and I watch it a couple of years later and I re- do a rewatch and I'm like, Oh God, I missed this whole storyline. I wasn't even paying attention, you know, because I was so wrapped up in the emotion where I don't, you, you got to give yourself time to process these shows, you know? Yeah. Um, I've done that with cheers. And cause I was, okay. I was born in 82. So right. cheers came out in 82. So I, I know the later aspect of cheers. Right. And I, I, I catch reruns. I remember it was on comedy central or right. something. 
And I've only seen a couple episodes with, with coach. I know he's there. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was only around for a couple of then he died. Yeah. He died while they were producing the show. Yeah. And it's kind of like Mr. Hooper with Sesame street. My brother has more of a memory. I, I remember when Mr. I Hooper died. I, I, I was crushed. I, it was sad. I remember that, you know? So I got to go back. Cause we grew up watching these people. We grew up watching these people and they're like, they come into our homes. Um, you know, whatever your favorite show is when it ends, like you, you shed a tear, you know, like these were, you know, if it's a good show, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, I was sad when uh, I remember watching the last episode when deep space nine ended and I was like sad as hell because um, it, it was my favorite Star Trek show. It still is. And I, you know, and I was, I'm like, Oh, I, I just don't want this show. To, I liked it so much. Um, you know, uh, and some shows do a really good job at, you know, doing that, you know, in terms of the the way they, and, and I think culturally we still kind of have that, um, you know, um, whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's, um, I don't know, um, there's still kind of that destination TV, like, um, it, and I think we're always going to kind of have it. I think I like episodics. I think I like the, the binge watching type shows where it's all big one storyline. But I like it when I like that some shows are still episodic. Like I don't, I don't need every single cop drama that I watch to be like a fourteen story arc. Yeah, I, I, it's I don't have the attention span for some of these things, especially if it's not well written. You know, I mean, I'd almost prefer to see it. You know, and do it in some smaller chunks. You know, oh wait, it turns out there's another layer of the crime. Oh come on, <laughs> just <laughs> you have you know. a YouTube channel. That, do i have a fit no i don't you don't um, either watch it or anything of that nature. i i'm I, I i watch a lot of youtube but i don't have like oh that david dobrik i'm like i'm not i don't have a youtuber specific youtuber that's my go my go-to guy okay i don't i know who a lot of them are um and i watch a lot of different kinds of things uh my t- i if there's anything i probably watch the most of on youtube are like cinema sins you know everything wrong with uh you know uh space jam in 30 minutes that's probably i've watched every single one of those uh multiple times that's probably my favorite youtube channel like you know everything that's wrong with uh those types of ones that one there's another one that's similar too i'm trying to think of the other one um and i've watched those i've watched those multiple times um Mine Cinemassacre is kind of like my big one because it has the angry video game nerd on there, which is, like I said, it kind of, it says it right in the theme song, take you, take you back to the past, you know, and show you all these things that you're supposed to be, that as a kid you were mad at, and then you, you get to see him get mad at as an adult kind of, Right. but also he does uh, different reviews of movies because he has a film background. So he goes into, right. uh, he did a whole review of all the Alien movies. Did a whole okay. review of all the Halloween movies. I really like that one. Matt's got me on Screen Crush, so I can see the Easter eggs from I, every single. Yes. Yeah, like Screen Crush. I've watched a lot of Screen Crush. Um, I, I talked about those, and I don't know them all by name. I, I have them all favorited um, or whatever. Um, so they pop up whenever I open up YouTube. And I can never remember which one is which. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tend to be on uh, Facebook more because I'm an old person, and we we like we like Facebook. Um, 
I, I, so I'm a lot, and I, and I always get mad at myself because I click on like, you know, bait click or click bait, whatever they call it, um, like a stupid screen rant thing. Yeah. We got this covered. Uh, though I can't stand those. Like, I just, I, I just hate them. And I, and I, and I forget, like, oh my God, I read a stupid screen rant thing again. I got to get better looking where I'm going to because there's certain ones that are just, they just make up the stupidest rumors that, yeah. you know, you know, uh, and, and I, but I do a lot, I still want a lot of sports, um, uh, YouTubes, uh, like for Manchester city. Cause I'm a big Manchester city. So I watch, there's a couple English guys from Manchester that do one. I can't think of the name of it. And I watch that one. And then, um, and I like Twitter too, though. I, 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 I don't comment on anything on Twitter for the most part, but I like Twitter. I, I, I love seeing people's one-liners. That's my favorite thing. Um, you know, when somebody does something stupid, and uh or they post something that's just dumb and then they just get ripped on twitter that's my favorite that's like when you know 100 people or thousand people just rip this guy because he says something stupid you know just keeps on going i'm just here for yeah yeah. there's a lot of that even if i agree with the guy's comment i still like it when he gets ripped i still think it's great like my favorite twitter well not my favorite twitter but one of my favorite twitters is the wendy's twitter (laughs) <laughs> uh, they're always ripping out yeah i've seen those what is that they're, they're that's hilarious like it's like these they they and i love when people try to mess with wendy's like mcdonald's or somebody and they just like no you brought a knife to a gunfight you're gonna you're gonna you know, like it's it's the untouchables with sean connery uh and and um or I do like when people like will say to something like they'll go purposely to Wendy's Twitter and say, you know, rip me or make fun of my picture or something. And actually one of my son Zach's friends um, got a really bad haircut and he went on, I don't know if it was Wendy's, but he was on something where they ripped people and they, um, and he said, rip me, like rip my haircut. And it was great. Like it was I, I mean, I think I'm a pretty funny guy, but I couldn't come up with anything as funny as this guy came up with of this guy, of his, my friend Zach's uh, haircut. <laughs> like, so that's tends to be my rabbit hole is Twitter more than YouTube. Well, thank you for coming on and giving us all the information on cable access history and having a great conversation as well. Is there anything you want to plug? I know you have the next game podcast. Yeah, we, uh, my son, Christian, and I have a multi-generational podcast called the next of kin. We tend to focus on, um, pop culture, but we've started to branch out and argue about things like baby names and, uh, you know, like what's wrong with some of the stupid baby names that people come up with. So we're starting to expand out of just pop culture. Uh, we're getting into our comfort zone a little bit and, um, I, I enjoy, I don't care if anybody watches or listens to it because I just enjoy it. I also have a, a little business that I started called Maranto media, marantomedia.com. And I do a lot of things like, um, like I'm sitting in my basement and over to my right, uh, I'm dubbing uh, videotapes and things like that for people. So I do that to make some side money. And then I also do video installations. So people that are interested in building podcast studios or television studios, um, I have me and a guy, we do installations for schools, churches. We even we're doing some streaming service equipment for uh, funeral homes. So we, we're anybody that's interested in streaming, uh, we can come up. Our company comes up with a great way for you to do it. We figure out the type of camera 
or equipment that you need uh, help you get onto YouTube or wherever you want to go with it. Um, and, and we try to do it as inexpensive as we can, right? We don't want you to have to go get a capital project to do this. We're trying, we try to find ways to do it uh, inexpensively. So that's, those are the two uh, big things that I got going on right now. All right. And I know Maria told Maria did the podcast precinct. Did yep. they just help on the pod cave there? Uh, actually the guy I work with five day productions. He's my, yeah. he's my subcontractor, five day productions, Nate Gambino, actually Nate's birthday today. I know it's not live, but happy birthday, Nate. Um, he, he does installation. So if you need microphones, uh, cable drops, uh, anything, any rack mounts, anything you can think of, Nate is your guy. He's a former student. He's a heck of a talented young man and uh he went into the podcast yes he went into the pod cave podcast cave and he redid all the installation uh soundproofed it and really improved the overall sound quality of it um we work side by side our two companies a lot but yes nate gambino five day productions five the number five and uh yeah he definitely if you're looking for equipment he can get it he's a he's an authorized dealer for pretty much any piece of equipment you can think of um and um and he's a young man starting his own business so yeah reach out to him too all right and thank you once again for coming on and you can check out the next to kin podcast as well as new episodes of let's talk but no politics okay uh on the bicpp radio network and apple podcast spotify i believe also you guys should be on google podcast now because pretty much everybody from the network's on google podcast amazon music Go over to the Let's Talk But No Politics OK Facebook page. Uh, check that out. Great content. There's also great content on the Next to Kim podcast uh, p- Facebook page as well. So go check that out. And the Let's Talk But No Politics OK YouTube uh, channel. Since we're on YouTube, <laughs> there it is. And there's some retro gameplay, some videos there as well. I'm starting to get back into that as my kids go back to school. And, stuff. I, and I get a little bit more time. You have the best one-liners in the business. I, 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 whether it's in a, in a chat or in the game, I just, I always wait for you always have one great one in everything you do. You had one in this one. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I could come up with smart responses like that. Yeah, I, I've had a couple <laughs> of good ones. Uh, and also I can't even, yeah. Just go check out all the social media platforms for the Mexican podcast and let's talk with no politics. Okay. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night.